Hello, and welcome to the Vampire Historian Podcast. I'm your host, Dax Stokes, and today I have a special episode for you. Um, before we get into that, just want to talk a little bit about uh, the month of October, and um, I know it's been a while since uh, last episode, and um, what we're going to do for the month of October is try to do at least four episodes this month, so at least one a week, uh, possibly could be more, so stay tuned for that, uh, but you'll at least get four episodes uh, this October. Um, just some up other things coming up. Uh, hopefully by the end of October we may have some videos from last year's uh, Vampire Studies Symposium that was last October. Um, and also we're in the planning stages for another one here in Texas, um, hopefully to take place on World Dracula Day in, uh, in May. So stay tuned for more information about that. We've got some, hopefully some exciting guests uh, lined up. We're just finishing up some details before we make uh, official announcements on that. But um, be prepared for another Vampire Symposium here in Texas uh, next May. Um, today's episode, though, is a special interview um, that I just did today, uh, Sunday, October 2nd, um, with Fang Smith, uh, Father Sebastian. And if you remember February's episode, um, Dr. Gordon Melton and I went and met with Father Sebastian and uh, talked to him a little bit on his YouTube page um, channel and then uh, went to his Vampire Ball, and he's back here in Dallas to do another one. And this time I had uh, time to finally go and sit down and do an interview with him for the podcast. Uh, so this is an extended interview with uh, Father Sebastian about uh, kind of what he does and um, some of the things he's working on and uh, ways that that will fit in with uh, kind of history and folklore and mythology and what we uh, kind of cover here on the podcast. Um, but also stay tuned for some other episodes this month. Uh, again, at least one uh, per week for the month of October and um, for other things that might be coming pretty soon. All right, thanks. So I'm here uh, in Dallas at the Magnolia Hotel with Father Sebastian. Uh, Greetings. Fang Smith, extraordinaire. And um, we're just going to talk a little bit. He's got his vampire ball uh, here in Dallas, the second one that he's done. Um, you might remember an earlier episode I did uh, where I went to the one in February with uh, Gordon Melton and um, did a little short kind of recap of that. Actually, in the car on my way home that night. So wow. I recorded it then. So uh, you can go back and find that from February 2016. Um, but So they're back again. And um, this time I had a little chance uh, to just sit down and talk. So uh, first off, can you explain to my listeners who are mostly into history and folklore what a Fangsmith does and what you do? Well, Father Sebastian the Persona is um, in the field, out there, making vampires. Mm -hmm. But what I mean by that is... Uh, I, I'm a former dental technician. Mm -hmm. I worked for a dentist for 18 months in my late teens. My grandfather's an orthodontist. And my girlfriend, when I was in high school, way back in the early 90s, mm -hmm. went to me, I want to be a vampire for our prom. And okay. I was like, hmm, what can we do for that? And she was like, we get fangs. And I found a guy who was a fang maker. His name was Gregor. Mm. And I went to his place on the 8th of November 1993 and we got our fangs and Dawn was my girlfriend that was her real name Dawn mm -hmm. um, was kind of like a gypsy she was kind of like a Lilith kind of persona mm -hmm. and she uh, she missed her prom because she was diagnosed with a brain tumor oh, wow. and she was in good health mm -hmm. uh, I think she had some therapy uh, some Thing, and we ended up hanging out in the vampire scene in New York with our fangs. Wow. Underground vampire the masquerade role-playing games mm -hmm. and blood bars and all sorts of crazy stuff in the BDSM community. And 
I don't know if I can talk about the Fifty Shades of Grey style stuff here, but um, you know, we went into the New York Underground and we went to see three things. We went to a vampire blood bar where people were drinking blood. That was more like a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Then we went to a vampire theater by a gentleman named Tony Sokol, and then there was a um, a vampire the masquerade role playing game. And New York City had a really nice underground vampire community. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated with vampires. So one thing about fangs is they're like a magic trick. Mm-hmm. When you wear them, it's like a body mod, a magic trick, a sex toy, a um, theatrical prop. A, and they feel real to you when you wear them. And they feel real and they look real to the people that you interact with. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's an incredible interaction. And teeth and eyes are a very powerful tool. So contacts and fangs are very important elements of the vampire archetype in its communication for the vampire lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people ask me where I got my fangs. And I'm like, well, so I called up the gentleman who made my fangs. And he's like, well, I am retired. And I heard you're a dental technician. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, but I don't want to like step on your toes. And he was like, I think it will be fine. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I started making fangs. And it wasn't as formal as that. Um, and I made fangs in the Vampire the Masquerade community, the role-playing game, mm-hmm. before the internet got big. This is before AOL went big. And I kind of bridged the role-players with the lifestylers, with the blood drinkers, but most of all, there were people that were what I call lifestyle vampires. Mm-hmm. And the role players were a bunch of college kids that couldn't afford my product. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, you know, co- broke college kids. Some of them could. I mean, there was plenty that could. But I, I, I managed to find my way, myself into a Halloween store in New York. And I met hundreds of people mm-hmm. that Halloween. I made several hundred pairs of fangs. That made fang- that got fangs, and then Susan Walsh disappeared in the East Village, and it was blamed on the vampires in '96. And the media descended upon me. Mm-hmm. I was in like 17 magazines within six months because I was the guy that was the visible portion of the vampire community, sure. and my career just exploded from there. It's been very, very controversial, mm-hmm. and then in uh, the n- late '90s, I discovered Europe. And I've been in Europe ever since, from New York to Europe, mm-hmm. traveling the world, making fangs for people who love to live as close to the vampire archetype as they can manifest. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a tremendous amount about humanity. I've studied people and f- try to find out why people love vampires. Mm-hmm. Why do people want to be vampires so badly? And that's kind of my quest to figure out. Sure. So a lot of your early customers, were they um, people already in the vampire community? or Yes. And um, today, nowadays, a lot of your customers are within your community. What I discovered was is that my fan base, my black veil vampires, as I call them, mm-hmm. are people who relate to the concept of vampirism that I present. And... One of the things that I find very important is that I focus on my fans. Mm -hmm. I cater to people who share what I love and have a passion for what I love. And we connect there. And 
and I serve a purpose in their lives. And it's not a, I mean, it's, it's a highly passionate thing. So there's a lot of emotions going around. And the vampire is a very emotional persona. It's not emo, like depressed. Sure. But one of the things that I discovered that was really amazing was is that if you look at the vampire mythology, besides the different myths, we've created a modern mythology. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is, Dracula is at the core of. Right. Okay. And that modern mythology is different from the ancient mythologies. Mm-hmm. And it's the anti-hero, it's the sorcerer, it's the lover, it's the seducer, it's the ultimate evolution of humanity mm-hmm. in some perspectives or a side evolution. And people want to be immortal. Right. So they want to love, they want to be passionate, they want to have superpowers. The vampire is a superhero, a demon, an anti-hero. And that archetype is something that has evolved with humanity mm-hmm. ever since culture became a part of us. And it changes in every movie nowadays. Mm-hmm. Too. So we've got so many. When I first when I started the podcast, it was after a few years of doing a lecture that I was doing of, you know, how did we get from uh, Vlad the Impaler to Edward Cullen was kind of the idea of my lecture I was going around doing. You know, what was mm-hmm. this evolution? How did we get from scary Dracula to Twilight and uh you know, and everything in between, and, and even now it still changes with almost every movie that comes out. There's something new. Or we go you back. Know, or we go, yeah, or we just go completely backwards. Um, it's like superheroes. They change for each, you know, like... Sure, for every generation. Correct. And the millennials are here. Mm-hmm. They are in their prime. Right, so now we get a... There's a lot of, you know, the younger the younger ones coming out, and, um, you know, you've got the Vampire Diaries, which is like... The 90210 for this generation where you've got 40-year-old actors playing teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp, oh yes. Full of dances. But um, yeah, I've, I've uh, back to what you're saying, I've met, you know, many of your uh, your vampires and I wouldn't call any of them depressed, you know, at all. Mm-mm. So it is a totally different mindset of what people used to think, you know, or probably still do about the, the people in this kind of community. So, so you've kind of created, um, maybe tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, your process and your group, um, Sabretooth clan. Well, I have several projects under father Sebastian. There's Mm -hmm. the Sabretooth clan, which is the family Mm -hmm. of my fan clients. And we're a secret society hidden in plain sight. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, we're public about being Sabretooths because we don't do anything illegal. We don't involve children and we Mm -hmm. don't promote blood drinking or anything like that. For us, the identity of the, of the vampire is something that bonds and unites us. It's a tool of expression. Mm-hmm. And our teachings are known as the Black Veils. So people who are not saber-tooths and who know the Black Veils, we just call Black Veiled Vampires. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun way to say f- for my fans. Sure. Um, the Sabretooth clan has been a very interesting e- experience because when I started making fangs, I just called my business Sabretooth. And I mm-hmm. called my fang clients Sabretooths. Mm-hmm. And I call myself father because I'm the father, the founding father of the Sabretooth clan. There's no religious connotation sure. at all. And I didn't, people kept calling me Lord. And in the beginning, and I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> okay. I love noble titles. And I think there's a power in nobility mm-hmm. through your actions. But giving yourself some glorified title, I think, is ridiculous. But you could wear a cape, though, if you were called Lord. I can wear a cape now like Jon Snow, man. That's a badass cape. 
I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. But basically, my motivation and the reason why I have tremendous success in what I do is I give something to people that really is tangible Mm -hmm. and not ridiculous and is real. And I've taken this archetype and I've applied it. And the Black Veils are different words of power that relate to the vampire archetype. Originally, it was a code of conduct for a club, but we're about to do a tremendous revision on the Black Veils. So... Um, I, the last edition of the book is called Red Veils. In 2017, we're coming out with Black Veils, mm-hmm. which will be 200 words, everything f- like A to Z, mm-hmm. with a page description of each word. And they're all points of empowerment. Mm-hmm. They're not depressed goth kid stuff. They're like um, things like romance and sensuality and willpower and love and sure. immortality. And these are all real things that came from my interactions in the Sabretooth clan and our interactions with people outside the Sabretooth clan. Mm -hmm. And you'd notice a lot of self-help things in there, like Anthony Robbins kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Anthony Robbins? Wait. I'm not sure. Okay. But (laughs) self-help stuff. Self-empowerment stuff. Um, But some also Robert Greene is an influential author on my stuff. He wrote Mm -hmm. the books, The Art of Seduction, The... 33 Strategies of War, The 48 Laws of Power, The 50th Law of Mastery. Um, I really believe that each individual should be sovereign and take care of their own responsibility for their life. Mm-hmm. So what's really nice is the saber to people that get fangs are very independent. And there's just like a tattoo artist or a, or a, uh, um, a band, my fang clients kind of mirror me. We share a certain experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like getting a piercing or a tattoo. My fangs, getting my fangs are a rite of passage to enter the Sabretooth clan. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I call them the rites of passage. So it's not just getting a pair of plastic teeth. It's a whole psychological experience that's developed over 22 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe you can talk about the fangs that you do make a little bit. Mm -hmm. On August 7th, uh, 2018... I will be celebrating the 23rd anniversary of the Sabretooth Clan, mm-hmm. which will be a very, very big event. And I'm the Fang Smith of the Sabretooth Clan. I'm the father. I'm the leader. But the people that are members of Sabretooth, thousands of people around the world, I've met all in person. Mm-hmm. And I linked them together through SabretoothClan.com, which is a forum. And our public face is known as Vampire World, which is our YouTube channel and mm-hmm. commercial project, our public face. And when I make fangs, it's like, um, kind of feel like you're going into a body mod studio, mm-hmm. getting a tattoo, piercing, or something like that. But I, the fangs are, I realize that when people wear fangs and they look in the mirror, something happens to them. All of those, all that archetype that they've related to so much manifests in their spirit, in their psyche. It becomes, a, it awakens. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's where the vampire community has gotten the word awakening. Mm-hmm. The majority of the terminology that you find in the vampire community has either been popularized or created within the Sabretooth clan. Mm-hmm. So another part um, then of what you do is these events. Sure, the Endless and Nights. So like we're doing tonight. When did you start those? The Before it was called Endless Night, the uh, Endless Night comes from, I'm a big Doors fan, mm-hmm. and I discovered William Blake mm-hmm. through the Doors. And William Blake is an um, incredible poet, and he's from England, 
and he had a poem called The Ages of Innocence. I think that was, I forget what year it was written. But when I was watching the Doors movie, I noticed um, Jim Morrison said, the doors of perception are always open. And I'm a big Jim Morrison fan. Mm -hmm. He was my first music. I mean, when I was eight years old, I was listening to the doors. And I read the poem and I found the words endless night. Mm -hmm. Some are born to sweet delight. Others are born to endless night. And I named my vampire balls the Endless Night Vampire Ball. And there's a specific simple formula that brings the cycle of energy to it. And now our balls are sold out around the world. Mm -hmm. Every time we throw an event, I mean, I, we're probably expecting six to 700 people tonight sure. in Dallas. And it's the second time I've been here. Mm -hmm. um, and they, my first event was after I went to the Memnock Ball, Anne Rice's amazing event in 1995 at St. Elizabeth's in the Garden District of New Orleans. Wow. What an experience. I mean, I, I'll get into that another time mm -hmm. because it took me – it would take me two hours just to detail what happened. Mm -hmm, sure. But I'll put it like this. You walk in the door and Kirsten Dunst mm -hmm. and Anne Rice are coming out of coffins sitting oh, wow. in a carriage. I mean, it was incredible. So I was like – I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to make a vampire ball. So I went back to New York and I talked to my boss where I was running Vampire the Masquerade role-playing games at a club called Limelight. And uh, his name was Peter Gation. And he looked at me because he had an eye patch like this. I know you guys can't see it, but I have my hand over my eye. And he said, you go to the bank, the goth club down in downtown and run one vampire ball. And you show me results and I will rent you the club. Because Limelight was the a club at 666 Avenue, an old church. Mm -hmm. And it was like the ultimate place to do a vampire ball ever. Like, I mean, this is the place mm -hmm. in the world where you want to run a vampire ball in a church. Mm -hmm. A castle is also pretty cool, too. But um, you, you got limited, limited castles in America. True. So, <laughs> um, so I went to the bank on the, tw I think, like the 29th of January, 1996. I forget the exact date. Mm -hmm. But I had 700 people. That's pretty good for my, the first time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I had a red carpet. Mm -hmm. I had coffins all over the club. And we, that ball went from 8 to 12. Mm -hmm. And I had um, a guy named Voltaire perform, another band called the Empire Hideous. And then I had a DJ named Ian Ford. And I know all these guys still. Like, all these people are 22 years later are still in my life in one form or another. Especially you, Voltaire. I love you, too. Um so what happened was um, the event was a success. I mean, I was a stupid kid, and I had a lot of success. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went to my head a little bit, but as we all do, young rock stars as we are. And the disappearance of Susan Walsh uh, brought a lot of media to me. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, being a, a little brat and a rock star, the brat prince of New York. Right. And I enjoyed it, and I built a little devious reputation. And then 9-11 happened in New York, mm -hmm. and my whole empire fell apart. And I needed a new start, so I got on a plane, and I flew to Dortmund, Germany, mm -hmm. and I built a new vampire empire in Europe, and I'm still there mm -hmm. 15 years later. Yeah, you do a lot, a lot of work in Paris, right? I do, but I'm also – I mean, I'm all over Europe. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in the U.K. I mean, it's like going state to state here. Sure. You know, it's like, hey, let's go. I mean, Texas is the size of France. Mm -hmm. But you add London. Right. <laughs> right. So uh, how many events now are you doing a year? 
Next year, our schedule is as follows. We have we always end with Halloween in New Orleans, so mm-hmm. I can go on a nice holiday and spend the f- Christmas and New Year's with my family. Um, so my season usually typically begins in February. Mm-hmm. I do all the prep work in January. Uh, we have a new format, which I'm really excited about, and it starts on the with the anti-Valentine's Day ball, which started in New York, mm-hmm. and now is as of 2017, moving to Los Angeles. Okay. And we have a beautiful theater, a Broadway theater with incredible acoustics um, and a great team. And on the 19th of February, 2017, we're doing the first Los Angeles Endless Night. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be pretty exciting. Then we're going to move to Tampa, Florida at the end of May, uh, at the end of March. I'm trying to give six weeks between each event so I can really give each event love. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I go a week before and make fangs. Um, plus I promised my girlfriend we'd settle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we go to Paris. We'll be, uh, in Los Angeles from January, February, March, and April. And middle of April, beginning of April, we'll be transferring to Europe. Mm-hmm. And then we do the Paris Theater of the Vampires because I can't use that name in America because I want to give homage. I want to. I really tremendously respect Anne Rice, Mm -hmm. but I'm sorry, honey, but I'm going to do the Theater of the Vampires in Paris, Theater de Vampire à Paris. Um, We're creating an interactive dinner theater Mm -hmm. uh, where you get to go and hang out with the uh, the, not Anne Rice's characters, but people who live the the, my saber tooths. Mm In a, a, a performance format, like sure. belly dancers and burlesque shows, and mm-hmm. like a, it's like a burlesque show. Mm-hmm. Then from ten to mid, uh, ten, eleven to twelve, it's a burlesque show that you get tickets. Then afterwards, it's a dance party, mm-hmm. and that's the theater of the vampires. It's going to happen on Walpurgis every year. Then we um, are doing something at the Wave Gothic Treffen Festival. It's a private event, and we also do the. Um, the Anne Rice, sorry, we do the uh, Conclave, which is a private event for my Fang clients in a castle. You have to have my Fangs to enter the castle, and I made the whole staff of the castle Fangs, mm-hmm. and it's a um, uh, medieval castle mm-hmm. where you can. We have 160 beds, and we call it Vamp Camp or Vamp mm-hmm. Warts, and it's basically owned by the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Austria, mm-hmm. and they invite a bunch of vampires and said we're the most polite guests they've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Where saber-tooths are well-trained in the arts of graceness, graciousness. And then um, we take the summer off, and then in September, the middle of September, we're going to start with the Dallas Vampire Ball again, because we're mm-hmm. building this up, and Dallas is an awesome town. Tex- Texans can party, man. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my God. And clean. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not crazy. They're just like, they have this nice tone of energy that's just mm-hmm. really brilliant. Then we're going to do the New York Vampire Ball probably middle of October, and then the Grand Daddy, the Grand Poobah, the most amazing event is the Endless Night Vampire Ball in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Which is actually a multiple-day event, right? Yes, that's our big festival. Mm-hmm. Most of the other events are one or two days. Right. Like maybe we'll have a salon before. But the New Orleans Vampire Ball um, was built around uh, the Anne Rice Ball because mm-hmm. they did Friday and we took on the Saturday. And what was really unique is we went more of like a steampunk rock and roll direction Mm -hmm. and really created as much of a differentiation in our branding as possible. Mm -hmm. So we are at the House of Blues until 2023. (laughs) We're secure in there. Um, Thursday night's a meet and greet 
Friday and Saturday afternoon, we have a vampire court where people mm-hmm. can come register and they get their badges so they can just walk into the ball on Saturday. Friday night, we're in the parish room. We have a salon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the court is really cool because that goes from noon to six in the afternoon. Let me get to that first. And we have like DJs, a op- uh, cash bar, mm-hmm. performers, vendors, registration. It's a really nice thing to stop by for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Some people spend the whole day there. But it's like really in the it's in the voodoo garden in the court uh, the courtyard, and we are there Friday and Saturday, um, and it creates a really nice place to people that go hang out mm-hmm. and kind of meet each other before the ball because in the other vampire balls that we throw, there's not that intimacy, there's not that environment where people can connect, sure. and you and community a synergy community engine is extremely important for any business to be successful. Mm-hmm. You need your fans to interlock and interact. I mean, it causes drama, but that's human nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Friday, we have the salon, which we're thinking about turning into a burlesque night, mm-hmm. vampire burlesque or a vampire theater. Uh, Saturday night is the Grand Puba, the ball, which is centered around an event called the Cirque, which is at midnight. All the performance are now, uh, performances are in a new format where they're batched together because endless nighters want two things. The first thing that endless night vampires want to do they want to dance mm-hmm. and they want to dance to all the great vampire music that you've heard from sure. like the blade soundtrack and you know sympathy for the devil by guns mm-hmm. and roses the cover the rolling stones cover um you know just all these movies and then we end with the time warp mm-hmm. at the end of the night so we get the whole rocky horror vibe sure. and a lot of people wait until four o'clock for mm-hmm. the the that and then we all go out to breakfast after mm-hmm. But the one thing that I really like about uh, The Endless Night is the costumes. The House of Blues staff is wonderful. We're um, really experienced on making the guests at the House of Blues feel incredible. We do a survey every year to ask them questions. And then on Sunday night, we have a theme event called Mask, mm-hmm. which is a, um, a masquerade event that is black tie it's like eyes wide shut Mm. and it's designed to be kind of like the premier quiet more loungy night and this year we're doing le chat noir the black cat and it's a black cat soiree so it's like men are in tuxedos women are in black cat costumes Mm -hmm. not the superhero but more like dresses with ears and maybe some lingerie um and we have a banquet beforehand and the idea is basically to create an environment that is very mystique and, and very Illuminati and, and kind of mysterious. Because the Chat Noir in Paris was a bar where um, poets and authors and alchemists and necromancers and sorcerers and magicians, even Aleister Crowley supposedly stopped mm-hmm. by. And it was, it was, you know, the symbol of the black cat was dark occult and magic. Sure. So we're going to kind of create that. That's our theme for this year. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, then your other or one of your other projects is your Vampire World uh, sure. YouTube channel and kind of about what you do with that and what you're hoping to do. Well, Vampire World's uh, got a couple formats. The first format is I'm going to do six documentaries mm-hmm. about the great vampire myths of the world with me and my team exploring them mm-hmm. in a kind of a ghost adventures format. And we're doing a Kickstarter. So we're going to do we're planning is to film three episodes next spring. And then three episodes the following year. Mm-hmm. And if it works, we'll do three episodes e- each year. So we're doing a Kickstarter. And um, we're, st- we're, of course, doing Romania first. I was just mm-hmm. in Romania doing research. Um, it, there's also going to be my vlog on Vampire World. 
and we were very lucky to nail the domain name vampireworld.com mm-hmm. that is a that is just we we really lucked out with that yeah. <laughs> so what we're doing with the vampire world project is the goal with vampire world is to reboot the vampire genre mm-hmm. the subculture we want to set a standard with the Sabretooth clan that is something where if you have a code of ethics, we want to make the vampire noble and royal for real. Mm-hmm. We don't want to have a bunch of little emo goth kids running around making drama. We want to talk about how we can take the vampire archetype. And archetypes are extremely important and really present it in a tangible way in our life. Mm-hmm. Without, and, I'm, and I'm not talking about you know killing people and drinking their blood or blood fetishism. What I'm talking about is the archetype of what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And that's the main core of what Vampire World's going to be. So we're going to talk about different types of music. We're going to talk about mythology, mm-hmm. uh, legends. It's going to be a, uh, a project dedicated to rebooting and revitalizing and reinvigorating and following the trends of the vampire in a modern era and really about that modern vampire myth mm-hmm. which is an extremely versatile myth i mean just like it's immortal the vampire myth is um it's immortal and it's something that is so deep in our psyche mm-hmm. archetypes are very powerful and vampire world's about the kind of figuring out what that archetype is for our culture mm-hmm. So what are some of the, besides Romania, what are some of the other areas you're looking at? So the six potential episodes that you'll see presented in the Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. okay, which we're releasing the Kickstarter preview in the middle of October 2016, um, are we're doing uh, two episodes on Dracula, Mm -hmm. okay? We're going to go to Romania and actually hang out with vampires from Romania, Mm -hmm. uh, people who live the vampire lifestyle in Romania. Uh, we want to do an episode on the dreaded Highgate, but we're going to also include a lot of other things in London. Like mm-hmm. we'll go to Whitby. There'll be some crossover in the episodes. Sure. We're going to go to Whitby. We're going to talk about um, Jack the Ripper. We're mm-hmm. going to have the vampires go to Garlic and Shots, a vampire bar in London. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to have also a, a segment on the gay vampire community mm-hmm. in London. And um, they run a uh, Jason and Mark Ford are the two lead vampires in London, and they're a couple. And they run a party called God Hates Fangs. <laughs> and it's a joke on True Blood. Sure. Um, so they wear these like big medallions and they're like, you know, God Hates Fangs. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see a sense of humor there. Sure. And they do the party in a deconsecrated church. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like house music mixed with goth music. It's really crazy. And I mm-hmm. think they do it once a year. So... Um, God Hates Fangs, we're going to do something on that. We're going to go to uh, um, do some tours, ghost hunting, stuff like that. So that will be the Highgate Vampire episode, mm-hmm. London and Highgate and Whitby, because I think the uh, the situation with the Highgate Vampire is it's a good background, a good anchor for the show, but I think we need more for London. Sure. So we're doing Romania, London. Um, we're going to do a whole episode on Paris because there's some really crazy, incredible vampire myths there, including the, the real theater of the vampires mm-hmm. called the Grand Guignol, the Catacombs. Um, there's, a, I think, at least six, do- uh, six to 12 really solid vampire myths in Paris. Mm-hmm. Each episode will be 43 minutes. So, those, so we're doing Romania, Paris, and London. Then we're going to do the Rhode Island vampire in New York, like mm-hmm. the New York area. Talk about the old vampire scene in New York that I started mm-hmm. in. Um, we're going to do, of course, we're going to do an episode of New Orleans. 
Um, we're looking also at uh, Prague and they do something in the Eastern graveyards mm-hmm. and actually go to the graveyards in Prague and Bucharest, uh, not Bucharest, uh, um, Budapest. Budapest. Yes. And so all of these episodes, what's great is through the Kickstarter, which will be on the February 19th to March 19th, 2017, we're going to interact with the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people are going to be a part of the team, sure. the research, the investigation. Like today, I just put up a, a deal on Facebook where you can help me choose my sunglasses that I'm going to wear in the show. Mm-hmm. And there'll be little interactions like that. So every this, this show is going to be a vampire world is going to be a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I've already cast my three main cohorts. Mm-hmm. So you have a whole the same team for every episode, basically? It might vary, um, and it depends on what kind of funding we get, because these people are going to take, have, have to take time off work. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, um, I'll announce the cast in February when we mm-hmm. do the Kickstarter, but we have a beautiful, beautiful, amazing woman who is extremely an unbelievable woman. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful and very ethical and moral and... and uh, badass Mm -hmm. and she's going to handle some stuff and then we have a local romanian vampire who Mm -hmm. will be these are the people that are in high consideration for the Mm -hmm. team and the three of us will go to libraries and walk around and interview locals and split up and go around just like how they do ghost hunting shows Mm -hmm. great well uh anything else you have going on that you want to tell uh um people about or at least how they get a how they can find out you know, more about whatever you're doing. Sure. Um, they can go to vampireworld.com. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to remember. And that's like also going to function as a portal for all my projects. Mm-hmm. So you can find the Sabretooth clan there. You can find the Endless Night list of events there. You can uh, find out news and stuff and also connects to my Huffington Post blog because mm-hmm. I work for the Huff. And uh, all the vampire news and everything is on vampireworld.com. Mm-hmm. That's the center of the vampire world. And what about all your social media type stuff? Where you can find me as Father Sebastian on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook, and that's and that's what I focus on for me: mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook. And that's Sebastian with two A's. Yes, I A A N. Very good. All right. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your fang making to sit down and talk. And I know you've got your uh, ball here in a few hours. So yes, we won't keep you much longer. I have a last-minute fang client it. that's decided to pop into my life. All right. And I'm very, very looking forward to up oh, two more fangs. <laughs> two more fangs. Thank yeah, you. Very popular. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you, Dex. No problem. Be good. Rock and roll, man. Oh, you do. All right. So that was my interview with Father Sebastian. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can find him again at uh, his website, vampireworld.com, and on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube. And so please check uh, out. Um, his Kickstarter, which will be coming out uh, in February, I believe he said, um, to help out with his new video series. As always, you can find this podcast um, online at thevampirehistorian.com, uh, also on Facebook at The Vampire Historian, Twitter and Instagram at Vamp Historian. Uh, you can always email me at thevampirehistorian at gmail.com. And again, stay tuned for uh, more upcoming episodes. Thanks. <laughs>